On today's episode of the Enneagram Mom, we'll be talking about the deadly sins of the Enneagram. Welcome to another episode of the Enneagram Mom. So grateful to have you here. And I just want to say a huge thanks to everyone that's sharing this podcast with friends and giving it a five-star rating. It means so much to me. So I'm so grateful for you. So just a few things. It is now November. So I am continuing book club from last month. So if you would like to continue onward with book club with me, please do. Um, I've been reading the book. How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, Dealing with Your House's Dirty Little Secrets. This is by Dana, 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 Dana K. White um, and Thomas Nelson. Um, This is great on Audible or it's fantastic read. It's actually pretty fast, but it has helped me so much to kind of get some of this clutter under control. So I'll have the link in the show notes if you want to snag it up and read it for November. Some other things coming up this week is date night with the Enneagram. So if you live in Utah, snag up your tickets. It's $30 for a couple to come. Bring your own dinner and I will have dessert available. This is in Pleasant Grove, Utah. And again, I will have the links in the show notes. Or if you go to Enneagrammom.com, there you'll see all the retreats and events tab is where you can get everything, including Friendsgiving tickets. So this is all going to be Friendsgiving based. It's also in Pleasant Grove, Utah, and it will be November 18th. It's the Thursday before Thanksgiving. So super excited, all those fun things to come. So now that we've dove into that, today we are talking about the deadly sins of the Enneagram. So following the regular deadly sins. There's usually seven deadly sins. Well, there's nine Enneagrams. So it's seven deadly sins plus two. So the first one for Enneagram ones is anger. For twos is pride. Three is self-deceit. Four is envy. Five is avarice. Six is fear. Seven is gluttony eight is lust, and nine is slothfulness. So I'm going to go into what these mean, which I was reading on like a blog thing, and they were kind of talking about how this is kind of the whole concept of the Enneagram, right, is based off of these deadly sins. So I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about it that way. But if you're going to ask each number or whatever, what is your deadly sin, it would make sense. So Really excited to chat about this today and hope it gives you a better understanding of your Enneagram number and maybe your spouses or your children. So the type one, their vice or their deadly sin is anger. So some things that you might spot when you're looking at anger in a type one, it is channeling it into the hostility towards what's imperfect directing their anger at whatever is not ideal and trying to fix it and marking it by criticizing, judging, or sensing the tension in the body. So you can tell that that type ones have this kind of underlining anger and it's usually towards themselves. It's not even towards other people. It's usually towards themselves, but they might take it out on other people when they are in a stressed out state. Enneagram twos, they struggle with the deadly sin or vice of pride. So some things that it might look like is needing to be important to people, cycling through their self-evaluation and de-evaluation, 
viewing the self as the one who can deliver help without needing anything in return, and yet using the expectation as a manipulation tactic. So pride in a type two is going to look like they expect others to be dependent on them because twos have that desire to be needed and wanted on such a deep level. So the type of threes, their desire or their sin and vice is self-deceit. So self-deceit to them looks like an over-identification with the personality or outer persona, believing they have to earn love by being worthy. Oh, that was like a stab in the gut right there. Being the shape-shifting tendency itself and taking on ideas, desires of others as their own personal identity. So type threes will kind of not only only deceive maybe others, but they are actually deceiving themselves because they have such a hard time understanding who they are. Type four's deadly sin is envy. So it can look like a sense of lack, especially having to do with believing they are missing something that others have. Therefore, they are happier, better, more deserving. So they're looking at these other people and going, oh, look, they have something I don't have. It's probably because they might be better than me or they might deserve this or whatever. They're looking for that sense of what they are lacking. They have a sense of inner deficiency, like they personally are not enough. They are feeling inferior or superior, depending on what it is, because they are kind of stuck in this comparison cycle. They're constantly envying or desiring what other people have, and they're comparing themselves against what others have. Enneagram 5's deadly sin is Avrice. It looks like withholding out of fear of depletion. So they have a fear that things are going to go away from them. Holding too tightly to what they already have, whether it's resources or energy, so they don't want to give too much of things. The heart shuts down for both giving and receiving, and they close themselves off. They have a compulsion to hoard. And usually it's not items, it's actually knowledge or energy. So it's usually not that they're looking on these like greedy outward resources. They're actually focusing on these internal resources. Um, So maybe like when they were younger, they didn't get the attention or the time or the energy from other people. So they are worried if they are sharing too much of this energy with others that they won't have enough left for themselves. So they often might operate with a scarcity mindset and will not really overcommit themselves because they're too worried to let go of all of their energy. So type six deadly sin is fear. Um, It looks like their subconscious needs to protect the self from everything that's happening around them, accelerating thoughts and conclusions as a result. And this acceleration can feel like it's spinning in their minds, constantly overthinking and analyzing the situation and a hesitancy to do anything permanent. They don't want to get stuck with anything because what if? So this is their subconscious kind of protecting themselves at all costs. The type sevens is gluttony. So it looks like an indulgence in life, a desire to sample 
everything has that life has to offer without any limitations, the pursuit of more or at least a bit of everything, and jumping around from experience to experience. And this can be why it seems that type 7s are constantly desiring more and they have that FOMO, that fear of missing out, because they just want to accumulate much as much life experience as possible. So type eights, they have the vice of lust, which looks like a passion for excess. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. They can be about some sort of like physical gratification, but it's mostly about finding a more intense experience and getting more out of life. And it's often marked by reactivity. While lust usually goes for sexually, it actually refers to this passion for intensity. So they want an excess and they have this like quest for pleasure. And that could mean like they are just having this desire for the best in life. So whatever they go after, eights go after it very passionately. And nine's deadly sin is sloth. So it can look like a psycho-spiritual laziness, the state of not being in touch with their core self, or a sleep in the true essence, meaning spending energy outside to keep outside world out and the inside world in, rather than paying attention to themselves. So it doesn't just have to mean physical laziness. This means that the laziness of not truly trying to get to know themselves and understanding this energy that's happening between them. So what they do is they try to keep out of themselves rather than starting to really pay attention to themselves. So those are the deadly sins. And I actually found on this website, which I will also have linked, it's on ninetypes.co, but they actually have the virtues as well. So not only the vices and your deadly sins, because you're like, oh, that's hard, but the actual virtues. So this is the higher emotional awareness and how you express it in each type. So ones would be serenity, two, humility, three, vericity, four, equanimity, five, non-attachment, six, courage, seven, sobriety, eight, innocence, and nine, right action. So for one, the virtue of serenity might look like extraordinarily calm, relaxed, and filled with a sense of balance within the body, allowing life to be exactly what it is and without containment, and it is freedom. Choose the virtue of humility looks like knowing how important they are without feeling the need to increase or decrease their self-worth, letting go of the belief that others need them to survive and allowing the self to be exactly as important and worthy as they are. Three, the virtue of vericity looks like being nothing but who they really are without regard of what others think pure authenticity, slowing down, acknowledging their own personal feelings and content to just be. Four, the virtue of equanimity looks like a balance in how they see themselves and others, becoming detached from emotions in a healthy way. Emotions exist, but not in control, becoming more grounded in their bodies and recognize that they have all that they need and nothing is missing. 
Type fives, their virtue is non-attachment, which looks like an open-handedness around emotion, energy, and resources, which leads to a sense of generosity. In sync with the flow of life, no need to hoard time, knowledge, or energy, for there is no impending impoverishment. Type sixes, their virtue of courage looks like taking responsibility for permanent action, not delegating authority or power to others, but taking charge and becoming the leader of their own life, doing things with the heart open and vulnerable and giving reassurance to oneself. Type sevens, their virtue of sobriety looks like being grounded in the moment and undistracted, being in touch with the self and with the present rather than running to the next jolt of excitement or interest, focused on what is in front of them and truly experiencing their lives, coming home to a deeper part of the self. Eights, their virtue of innocence looks like responding in a fresh way to each moment without judgment, memory, or expectation, an openness and vulnerability to be impacted by the moment. And it's often marked by non-reactivity. So being able to be more patient and not reacting. And nines, the virtue of right action looks like really refers to right action, a sense of action that is ingrained in the core sense of self, total engagement with the self and willingness to act on it and full commitment of the self to do what is needed. Such an interesting way to look at it. And I wonder what you think of your own deadly sins and your own vices, virtues. I want to hear what you think about them. So head over to my Instagram, the Enneagram mom, the dot Enneagram dot mom, and make sure you are following me and go ahead and comment. Also, something exciting happened this last week that I totally forgot to tell you guys about. I started a true crime podcast. Okay, I'm totally addicted to true crime. It's something I've talked about many a times before, but I am combining my absolute passion of true crime, and I'm going to throw some Enneagram in there as well. So if you head over, it's currently on Spotify. It hopefully will be on Apple soon, but it is true crime therapy. So in true crime therapy, what I do is I help you understand why these people became the way they did. And I also diagnose what I believe their Enneagram number might be, which is obviously an unhealthy Enneagram number. But one of my favorite things to talk about. And now here it is. You can also follow True Crime Therapy on Instagram. And hopefully if you're another true crime addict like I am, you can have some more conversations and include the Enneagram in your thoughts as well. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Enneagram Mom. 